Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nishanda Shines. Well, welcome back to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. We are now at the point of the season where we are talking to teams, clubs, groups, nutrition teams, just to give you an idea of the importance of being in community. I think one of the interesting things is sometimes people feel like they have to try alone because triathlon is an individual sport, but that's not the truth. There are so many ways to participate in this sport. And to be honest, teams, clubs, and organizations are probably the funnest, easiest, and best ways to kind of integrate yourself into a system because it allows you to build community and you can quote unquote, suffer with your friends in the best of ways. Well, today I have a group with me that you probably are familiar with or have seen something about this group because they are the cool kids on the block, right? Their mission is to build community, engage and challenge organizational culture of governing bodies and leadership within the sport while considering the entire ecosystem of touch points to increase enrollment of people of color, that's inclusive of athletes, coaches and race directors, maintain brand equity, elevate performance, elevate performance, bridging the gap between recreational and elite athletes. If you know a team that grinds, they are generous with their time. They some gorgeous people too. Like they, they gorgeous. They be on magazines and such like full billboard spread pages. They are grit USA. I'm telling you, welcome to try beginners luck grit. How y'all doing? We're all pretty good. Pretty good. Good. <laughs> good. I had to use gorgeous because I was going with the G theme and I couldn't figure out another G word in the middle of all that. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go with gorgeous. But these are all models. Y'all are literally all models. My fair is the model. You are Lululemon. <laughs> Drew, Drew be cute too. Drew be cute. cute. Try Mag, Lululemon, all this stuff. Exactly. All right. Just I'm trying get- to keep up with y'all. I love it. So I'm going to get you guys to introduce yourself. Many of you have seen Drew before because Drew was on earlier in the season. I think in May, we were talking to Drew about his balancing between uh, Criterium Racing and being a triathlete, which he just finished North Carolina 70.3 with the PR. Come on, Drew. One one time. Um, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But we got to give it up the bum 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 for you, Aaron. I mean. Uh, who is a I don't know the professional word, but it's bodybuilder. I am. I am a bodybuilding athlete. Yes, bodybuilding athlete. She's a model. Pageant She's a rattler. A rattler. She went to Florida. Military. She does everything. She's every woman for <laughs> real, for real. But you just placed first in your recent competition, correct? Uh, overall, two overalls. Oops, excuse me. Overall. Oh, so no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay but yeah i i, I uh place overall in all my my categories all right and that was at a uh 
a bodybuilding competition and that was in Washington, D.C.? It was in Laurel, Maryland. Yeah. Laurel, Maryland. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations. You've been working hard putting in that work. Thank you. Then we have the Marcus Fitz. (laughs) Yeah. Am I supposed to introduce myself? I think (laughs) you should. I'm going to let you do that because Marcus, you're not new to this. So Marcus, tell us about who you are. And I think I'll do it actually. So Marcus is um, a consummate bridger of people. Like Mm -hmm. he lives and thrives around community and it, he's done it with multiple organizations. It's like, okay, this didn't work. Let me, let me flip the script. Let me figure it out and let me do something different. You stay disrupting spaces. Yeah. Disruptor. Yeah. Disrupt, disrupt, but hopefully add, add something to it and not just take, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing is like, how do we add and elevate, you know, the, the environment for everybody. And that's when we talk about the ecosystem, it's like, okay, this may have worked for a different group of people, but then how can we elevate it for the people who are facing like these barriers and hardships and, and entry into um, certain sports or activities that, that we enjoy. So whether it's modeling or, triathlon or cycling it's like what are the what are the entry points um that we can hit let's i think take a step back we heard a little bit about your story and i believe the first season of tribe beginners led during like a summer series where we did a live on ig and you told us about your entry into sport and how you were you you came into triathlon with an by way of an injury, I believe you're a swimmer right. and you saw that there was a lack of space for people of color. And you were like, Hey, I'm going to form this group. You initially started with district triathlon. I think that's when I learned about the group. And I was like, who is this group disrupting the scene in Washington, DC? I mean, fly making it accessible, friendly, fun environment. And then you've elevated yourself to Grit USA and Equip. Talk about the difference between the organizations because District Triathlon was a club. Grit USA is a team and Equip is a cycling performance team. So give us the difference between the three and the purposes because they all had very different purposes. Right. So, I mean, overall each organization is supposed to, you know, be about community, right? Be about creating an environment where people flourish no matter what skill level they're at. Um, You know, District Triathlon, we started as kind of like this grassroots organization that snowballed into a, a nonprofit organization that, you know, had a membership and had a board of directors and was really trying to leverage like grants and, and external funding to to provide like programming, right? Like whether it was a swim clinic or um, just something to, to to get people introduced to the sport, um, mainly focusing on new- newcomers. Now we had a cohort of people who came into the to the club and they became veterans of sport, and, you know. And there's we found out there's this huge gap. It's like we did workouts and 
you know, people are getting left behind or, or some people grew and other people didn't. So now we have this gray area where people, athletes um, and members, they just were kind of stuck in this void. And uh, that's where grit, it, it wasn't grit at the time, but it's like, how can we create like a bridge or a team that um, where folks are, are just get elevating in performance Um and they're not quite elite, but they're also not beginners. So that was the birth of grit as a race team. Um, and then triathlon is a great gateway into many other things, whether it's trail running, you know, endurance, crazy relay running, relay races, cycling, swimming, open water swimming. So the cycling team was kind of like a no brainer. You know, Drew had come to me and was like, hey, man, I'm really into bikes. Uh what's that look like? And like, all right, well, not really trying to focus on a cycling team among all these other things, but I'll support you if you, if you want to kind of lead that. And it's just been uh, an evolution of, of love and, and, and growth across the board. And um, yeah, I think we found ourselves in a nice, um, you know, a nice uh, collective of, of uh, disciplines and, and skill. I love that. Where do you see grit moving from here? Because even within the last couple of years, you've constantly made improvements and changes. So where do you see grit going from here? And then I want to ask, what does it take to be a part of grit? Right. I mean, grit, like we've, the, the past three years has kind of been like a consistent, like the ship, you know, had to be built, you know, before it could sail. So the first year or two was, was that building the ship, um, you know, getting everybody on the same page. And we had a development program, which was the focus of grit. It was true. Like come to the swim here, here's dedicated workouts. Here's um, these, these uh, things in place to help you become the best athlete that you can be focused around these feature team races. And I think we got to about year three and realized that now we have this broad spectrum, even within the development team. So this year we turn, we, we kind of backtrack more into a club, right? It's hard to cater the, to long course athletes and to short course athletes and then the people in between. So um, what I decided to do was focus more on high school developmental programming and one-on-one -on -one athletes, and then revert back to now we have this, this, uh, team of, of people who have really built a strong bond with each other. And even more so on the cycling team where they can kind of take everything they learned and help each other grow at this point where it's not necessarily, it's a little bit more than a club, but it's not quite the development program. Um, that was more individually focused on the 20 athletes. That mm. So I like that you've, I love what you said in terms of having to build a ship, obviously with our world that we live in and the Insta culture, we want stuff instant, that success that's instant. And I think a lot of people even come in this sport thinking, oh, I can just instantly be good in triathlon and instantly do it. And I heard a lot of people at, and I'm just using Ironman 70.3 North Carolina, as an example, because I've been reading some of the trends about people who just popped up there thinking that they could just do the race, not prepared or trained for it because they don't understand sport. And having been in a group or an organization where you can ask questions and learn, 
I think that's some of the benefits. So let's switch gears. We'll come back to what the goal is for GRIT, but I want to talk to Farron and Drew about their role in GRIT and what has what has it been like to be in a club and the importance it's been in your success as athletes? And any you can go either one of you can go first. <laughs> it was a standoff. Who was gonna come off mute first? Yes. I mean it to me it was it it, it really is everything. Um because without without the club, without the people, like whether it was in this organization called grit or not, uh it's what it's the reason that I am in these sports now is the reason I'm doing endurance sports and bike racing and triathlons now, because before this, I was like, I was a team sports guy. I played basketball, other types of sports like that. And I was reaching that point in my, my life where I couldn't, you know, I wasn't, I'm not going to be an NBA player. Right. So I was like, just trying to figure out like, what, what am I doing? And I was just kind of dabbling and running and enjoying it and trying to push myself. But, you know, in along that, along that journey met Marcus um, and met a lot of the people in grit and in the broader family. And, and like, that's just, I didn't even know what bikes were other than like, you know, a commuter and, and, and like Marcus, I think just told me like, Hey, you should try a triathlon. And I was like, nah, I don't know. But like, just kept staying around these, these crazy people who were like constantly on bikes and constantly running and swimming and like, it just kind of soaks in and you go like, well, let let me try it. And, and like, you know, that just like all the little things that you, you learn from the community and and the the encouragement and just like, I mean, just like like all the, all the, all the fine details along the way about the sport that, that make a difference. Like the point you made about like uh, people thinking they could just jump in. You can, I I feel like most people can just jump into a 70.3 or something like that and, and finish it. But also if you're in a community like this, you can ask two or three questions that fundamentally change the way you prepare for that race and makes you faster or just makes you more comfortable. Um, yeah. So for me, it's the community is just like what makes it possible to to begin with. Baron, what about you? Uh, well, as you can see, I'm in, you know, one of the greatest teams in the world, United States army. Uh, so for me, you know, team, teamwork, giving back, being in a community is already just in the fabric of, you know, my life. Um, so I, I was with, I heard about district triathlon when I first moved here to DC. Um, and I was like, what is this? I like a challenge. Let's go. So I met Marcus and it's more so, I mean, you have the team, but when you meet the man behind the vision, behind the, behind the message, it becomes more than just a team. Um, so anything for me personally, giving back to the community, um, showing the opportunities, showing, you know, representation as, you know, a black female out here doing triathlons when you're running by and other children of color looking at you like, Oh my God, you know, that to me, that's a huge impact. So um, but furthermore, just to challenge myself, like I can do this, like I can do this. I know my team is out there with me. I run by you, we're cheering each other on. Um, and I can spot your kit and I can see you and we can cheer each other on. So it's just knowing you're not out there by yourself that gives that extra edge. Um, but more so for me, it was the whole community aspect and getting out there, bringing the race experience. We put on our own races, you know, our, our helping kids with their sprint, you know, little, little sprint triathlons what is like a splash and dash or something like that. But um, we've done that and we've proven it can be done. And I don't think that's something that the DMV has seen 
like ever. So the fact that we were doing it, I was like, I want in on this. I want to be, I want a piece of that pie. And so um, transferring over to Grit was a no brainer just to you know, follow Marcus, support Marcus, support the team. I've taken more of a uh, cheer squad, like a support role this year, just because all the things I've had going on personally, but you know, with you know, my social media presence or just my community presence, I always have grit on. I always have something to represent and keep pushing that button. And I have people that are like, well, what's grit? Great, great question. Let me tell you about this, you know? And so um, one of my bodybuilding uh, sisters, she she joined the team. So she's on grit now. She just completed her first uh, sprint triathlon. So the message is getting out there. Um, she saw I was doing it. She's like, I want to try that. Come on, say less, join the team. And so to have just one join off of your own word or your own merit it meant a lot. So that's why that's what it means for me. Yeah. I was going to say, I know that's uh, Ebony uh, shout out to Ebony. Who's a first timer just finished her first race. I think it was the Baltimore triathlon that you all did. And she spoke about that, like in being in bodybuilding and wanting to know about grit and said, I wanted to join, I think join mid season. So there's so many ways, uh, we can join. And you mentioned something about support or cheer squad, which brings me to my next question. What makes up the fabric of good club members? Because I think that's um, important uh, to it, address. So go ahead. I'm sorry. It's. It, I mean, it's just showing up for others. Like, you know, it can be me, 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 but you have to show up for others too. If you're here, if it's local, come support, come cheer, like do something. And so just to kind of backtrack a little bit on Ebony, I mean, again, her first sprint triathlon, and yes, we all could have just dove right in there with the fast swimmers and just taken off our own on our own race. But all four of us that chose to race were like, nah, we're going to swim with you, Ebony. Like, we're going to stand right here and swim with you. So the half four of us started the, at the swim line and we're like, let's get it. And like making sure she was okay, like getting acclimated in the water. That's that means so much more than just getting out there to get your time. Like, I'm not here to win. Do I want to win? Fine. But it's her first triathlon. So um, to give that person that support and, you know, put our arms around her, you're not starting alone. You didn't finish alone is is the best feeling in the world. Love that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll add to it, too. It's like it's not always just the in-person stuff, too. I mean, like there's this sense of like, uh, you know, this past week when I was racing, I knew my teammates were tracking me and, and cheering me on. And there's like this in the back of your mind, you're just thinking like, I, I know they're like, they're kind of like pushing me through this from like a thousand miles away. And, and just that kind of support and encouragement is, is like what makes this community great and what makes our teammates great. But also half the stuff I was wearing and using through that triathlon on was from the team like from different people on the team i had arrow leg sleeves from one guy i had a i had a wetsuit from marcus i had a nutrition plan from probably like five different people that i mashed together i mean it's just like resources for each other just like that type of support is is really what i think makes the team and, and the teammates so great you didn't want my pink leg my, my pink leg sleeve and i feel personal i took that personal you know i was gonna I bring wasn't trying my to pink uh, I, I wasn't trying to show out too much. <laughs> okay. okay, That's fine. What about you, Marcus? Cause you probably come from it from a different vantage point as the leader and trying to get people. What are some of the qualities and attributes you like to see in members? Yeah. I mean, like one of the things we try to say all the time is, you know, it's, 
you have to pour back into the cup. You know, whatever you take, you got to pour back in. And I think like the sport, you know, any kind of individual sport really, if you look at just from an organizational level, it's a lot of taking from a cup and um, the sport can't exist like beyond grit and all that. The sport can't exist without people contributing back. And that involves like volunteering at a race, you know, and a lot of these races have a hard time you know, finding volunteers and they really lean on the community. And it's the same for clubs. You know, it's 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 an expensive sport um, to participate in, but it's also an expensive sport to to operate. And so, like, the amount of work and effort that people don't see, like, there's a lot of work that goes into it that people don't realize and see, whether it's brand, you know, alliances or partnerships or sponsorships. So... For anyone out there, if you have a team, find time to just give back. Like time is a better resource sometimes than than money. Um, and and some people, it's it, you know, it's they they don't realize that until like someone pulls them aside. So you know, contribute contribute time if you enjoy it. Can I can I add to that? Along with the contributing time, like we just did the um, run hope work five k. And I mean, grit members came out, all hands on deck to support um, Lloyd and his his team in the community. So that was a great showing for grit and just something that that's just what we do. You, you ask for help and we're going to come out. So um, that's that again points back to the to the point of having time. There are different arms of grit. So I heard a couple of different things. You guys volunteer together. You do cheer squad together. You have a means to share resources, kits, things of that nature, what you need to participate in sport. But then there's the aspect of building the brand, the operations part of it on the back end. I think that's the part that people don't realize. And if people understood the work that perhaps goes into the team, maybe it would change their perspective about how they contributed in the parts that they could play. So Marcus, I want you to go a little bit deeper or Drew or Farron, go a little bit deeper in terms of the behind the scenes that people don't know that has, that makes a team and or club function and function at a high level. All right. Well, I'll, I'll kick it off. <laughs> Come on, kick it off, kick it off. I guess there's, there, there's a bit of social equity, right? It's like over time you build, what I call social equity and maybe it's, it's an, it's a normal thing, but it's like, you have to, you have to put it out there, what you're doing and what you want, you know? And it's like, what, at the end of the day, it's about business, you know, as much, as much when, when you're looking for brand partnerships um, coming from a portion of, okay, I do these things for my community. I have these members, but what's the mutual, investment because these you know most of these brands they want it's they want a return on their investment even if it's for a good cause so i think like as long as we're aware of that i think the conversation becomes easier and so like if we're we're this team and we're breaking down these barriers and we need wetsuits you know what's that that conversation is okay we need wetsuits all right but also you get to your brand gets to be on a team that is 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 in the trenches on the ground doing the things they're not necessarily the fastest but they're working to be there but they're also bringing 
everybody else with them. It's not just one or two superstars and then they're just focused on racing, but we're like volunteering, we're doing X, we're putting on programs, we're putting on clinics and we're on the podium. You know, I think you have to have kind of everything um, as part of it. It just can't be good deeds and it just can't be racing fast. You need a little bit of, of everything. And um, I think that's the start of it. And then social media presence, it's like, how, how are we supposed to get the word out? You know, people have to be on social media. I hate social media. People think I like it, but that's just part of part of the game and part of the conversation is, you know, representation. You have to see it. Um, it has to be talked about. It has to be discussed. Otherwise, how are you going to create change if you just do everything in a silo? Um, so that's that's, you know, people are scared of it, but it's part of the game. People are scared of it. And yes, it is part of the game. When you talk about those silos and making those changes, again, I go back to this this, this disruption. What are some things that perhaps needs to happen for more greater change for athletes across the board in various cities? Because grit, if I'm understanding... Grit is not just a local club, it's a national club. And I think that's why I wanted to highlight Grit. It's because it's a national club, meaning anybody from across the continental United States, and perhaps it could be international. There might be some international members in Grit, I don't know. But yeah, so I guess my question is, what more needs to happen on a local level or national level since Grit is a more national club? Yeah, we we international now. We got we got representation in Brazil, UK. We we all over the board. Um, so, but I think the conversation looks like it's 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 starting with the things that um, that every club needs, right? And not just like a particular group. I think is if we tackle like, okay, what what are what are all the barriers that every club is facing and address it because there's a lot that we, you know, whether it's DC tri club, district multi-sport, we all kind of face certain similar issues. Um, and it's not necessarily awareness um, because I know that's a word that gets thrown a lot is like, there needs to be more awareness of sport. I think a lot of people know about it, but it's about, um, I think the better word is appreciation of sport. So we have to get people to appreciate it, right? To to actively participate, um, to give back. And I think appreciation will go a longer way than awareness. I think we're at that threshold where that term needs to switch. But how we do that, I think it, there needs to be more involvement from the govern, governing body, USA Triathlon, because they're just, they need to have more boots here or we need to have more voice in um what they're doing you know from an organizational standpoint because it's it's the clinics right the programming how can we get you know more sanctioned events how can we get more you know like we did uh the ride to inspire on the jefferson memorial and they did a great job of putting it out there but no one really appreciated like the effort that was behind it um even i didn't to be honest. And then when I got out there, I was like, oh, wow, this is like incredible. This is an incredible thing. Um, but we just need more of that so people can appreciate like the community because it was for everybody. It wasn't just for grit. 
Um, so, yeah, I think that would be a start. Drew or Farron, do you guys have anything you want to add to that? No, I, how do you follow that? <laughs> I mean, the only the only thing I'll say is like it's it's not even re- really related, but it's like I think this is why grit attracts people. Like like it looks cool on the outside, probably, but once you get inside, you you see like how deliberate everything is, like how thoughtful everything is, and um. I think Fitz called it like social equity, but it might be like endurance space equity. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just like Fitz in particular has been around this space for so long and, and been so thoughtful about the way he builds these communities and makes, makes moves that I think once people get in the community, you, you, you recognize that. And that's what, that's what really keeps you around and like encourages you to, to do more when we, when we were talking about the cycling team, right? Like when we, when we first started thinking about what that was like, you know, it's, it, it was easy for me to be like, I want to start a cycling team. But, um, I really was like, I want to start a cycling team that is part of grit or tangential grit or shares the same like philosophy and thoughtfulness as grit. Um, because that's what I, I see as has made the team successful, but also, uh, made it impactful for the individuals in the community. So, you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's my contribution to the question, maybe. <laughs> no, that's good. I, Marcus, when you talk about the space appreciation, I know that it comes from a deeper well, because you care a lot about the sport and this space. Um, you wouldn't do the things that you do if you didn't. And I think I'm going to add, it takes people like you who care deeply that want to keep others motivated, even when they don't want to continue on. So give yourself a prop, you know, pat on the back for staying in the, the game through the ups, through the downs, the twists, the turns. You've remained consistent and the love of triathlon and multi-sport and cycling has been at the core of it all. And I think that too adds to the nucleus of what makes your organization, no matter what you are a part of, attractive to people. With that, Ride to Inspire, I saw the pictures from that event and was like, man, it looked like it was, that was a busy weekend around DC and just local areas with triathlons, you know, ending and things of that nature. What would it be to have more events like that for organizations to tag on and to know about it, perhaps at the beginning of a season or the culminating end of a season that we can bring more things back to the D.C. area like that to build awareness and appreciation? Yeah, I mean, it just it takes people to to just act on their ideas. Right. There's there's really no idea that's dumb. You know, it's like, okay, like put it out there. I mean, it could sound, you know, just not fully fleshed out. Right. But, you know, you need people around you to help execute the the ideas. And I think that's, that's where my strength is, is, is I, I like to do. Right. And I think a lot of other people on the team, like, you know, they're, they're doers and, you know, let's just take an idea and run with it. You know, and I think that if other people had that that mindset, like doing a race in D.C. isn't that complicated. You know, it may not be nation triathlon big, but 
it's not that complicated. Um, like we've, we were able to host races and, you know, other groups are like, how'd you do that? How'd you get the permits? How do you, how did, how do you do X, Y, and Z? I was like, just ask. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah. but I think that's just step one. It's just like, someone just has to say, all right, I got this idea. I want to do it. I need to talk to the, the, the governing body that sanctions that whether it's, you know, local, um governing body you know the permitting office usa triathlon for sanctioning insurance etc cetera, etc cetera. or just reach out to other race directors who have already done it just be like hey i got this idea i just need a little help um but there's so much room for ideas and, and partnerships and collaboration and people should know that they just don't have to lean on their team you know this is a community and we can lean on other teams um you know, and other platforms that people have established to kind of make something happen, whether it's, you know, a brand or, or a club and like Ann Bailey, who was the kind of like the brainchild behind Ride to Inspire that um, kind of brought everybody together and brought all these teams together and ended up just being two of us that kind of were like, oh, we can do it. You know, a lot of people are saying it's a dumb idea, but, you know, it's, it, there isn't any other thing happening so why not let's just let's just do it and it ended up being great despite the weather and we're gonna we're gonna set it up uh to do it again i love it i love it um how does one become a member of grit the second part is what constitutes a season because i i feel like every year it gets pushed up not just groups they're like pushing it up to like september october i'm like wait a minute let people breathe a second so if somebody wants to be a part of grit what is the process to be a part of grit you can't talk about fight club (laughs) no rule number one um it's kind of it's not really we don't really recruit for the team it's like we're not like hey join our team um we just recently started doing it this year when we when we started transitioning more into like a a club Mm -hmm. um but before it's like okay i have a friend it's more word of mouth and here's the application um and traditionally we had done interviews um so we would interview every single person just to see if it was a good fit it wasn't based on skill or 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 you know times or or records or whatever but it was just based on heart and like we were looking for people who would show up for themselves and we're all adults. It's like we're not trying to, you know, have to call you and be like, hey, you're ever going to show up to a workout? Hey, are you ever going to show up to a team hangout? Hey, um, we just want people who are are taking the initiative to just to be um, to be there because they want to. Um, so that's kind of how it works. And, and at this point, um, as we're scaling up a little bit. Um, you know, the cycling team has a completely different process. It's you have to be at the rides. We have a bunch of open uh, community rides out of our shop um, on the weekend. So we kind of pull people from from that pool. Um, it's more of like a word of the mouth. If we if you know, you know, kind of thing. We don't do any recruiting um, from that end either. You just got to be in the in crowd, essentially. Well, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's I think that's kind of if if you have to ask right or if you have to search for people they're typically not a good fit Mm. so 
that's just kind of how it's worked in, in for the past three years. And in terms of the seasons, we, we were doing the season versus year thing, and now it's getting confusing. So we're just sticking to years. Uh, so we're going into year four. So year four, starting January to December? Yeah, January to December. Okay. okay. So I get kicked out in December. That works. That works. <laughs> You'll never get kicked out, Mashonda. Whatever. Whatever. I'm not a cool kid. I'm an older cool kid, right? So that's what I was going to ask. Is there an age limit with grit? Like, because you guys seem to be like the young, popular group. So if somebody was older, how would they come and be able to fit in with the group atmosphere? It's a good question. We have one father. Well, I actually, we have one uh, older uh, member, um, you know, who came in through our high school program. But I mean, I think it's, 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 a, it's a culture thing, right? It's, um, you know, as long as people mesh with the culture, you know, there's no, there's no issue. Um, there's no age restrictions or, or anything. We would love to have a wide, a wide range of, of um, age diversity. True. You, again, when we're talking about grit, the population that grit serves is multicultural, but predominantly African-American. If there were other people, which grit has a lot of nationalities on the team, how do you feel the culture is being a white male on the team because you I mean you're a vibe so I'm just you know I want people to to know that all are welcome so tell us about that yeah hot seat question right um no I mean I think you know I think that was important to me as well and it's just you know it's like diversity in in thought and experience and and all those things and I think that's a that's a culture that um that, that grit has and, you know, that doesn't exclude me as a white male. Right. And that's, um, yeah, I think that's been, that was a really important part of both where, where like me joining this team. Um, and then also like the same way that we, that we built the cycling team as well. I mean, we want to, we want to carry that throughout and try to, to create more representation for, for everyone and yeah, I mean, I feel comfortable. I'm accepted. I get picked on because I have an Android phone and not because I'm white and or, or whatever else. Right. I mean, that, <laughs> that <laughs> that's really like that's, that's really what it is. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I feel like it's it's really just kind of that simple is that uh, it's it's really about the culture itself and that we don't we don't exclude people no matter what. Um, but there's like the deliberate, like inclusivity piece, uh, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need to switch your phone, but that's another <laughs> story for another day. Uh, okay. Um, Farron, what do you want to add or contribute to this conversation? Because I think as a, a black female in the space, not only just black female, but you are, you come in the space and you have presence instantly. Why? You know, you come in, you shave, shaved head, <laughs> statuesque, like, bam, I'm here. So what is it like for you? 
for me, um, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a it's a very great space. Like I said earlier about representation and just being like, you know, a black female. Yes, I can get my hair wet. You know, yeah, it's okay. Um, I'm not concerned with you know what society wants me to be concerned about. Like I'm out here to get it, and I'm out here to represent. And more so, like I can, you can challenge yourself. Get out there and push yourself to do something uh, physical, do something athletic. And you don't have to be a triathlete. You can be great at swimming, be great at biking, be great at running, or just be great at something. But um, just to show, you know, you can, you too can be out here doing this. And so, um, you, the sprint triathlon was an all women's race. And so for me, I was like, oh, that I like it because it's not as you know too aggressive with the males, not like you guys. But just to having that women's empowerment, um, seeing other black females out there as well and kind of having that initial, you know, connection with someone that you don't even know. I don't even know you, but we're here and we're sisters in this sport and we're going to we're going to get through this. So that's what my takeaway is from that. How does grip prioritize balance? Is that something that you guys help? I see a lot of smiles like mm, balance. I don't know. But how do you guys help the members balance training and life commitments? Are there conversations that you guys have around that? Well, I know for me personally, I'm it's routine. Um, that's how I live my life. I have a routine. I have schedule, time management, and just following the plan. Um, I think a lot of people aren't used to having a routine or aren't used to having a program or aren't used to having a plan. So they're like, Oh wait, I got to do what? Yes. Yeah, like follow the plan. So it's just bringing that structure of triathlons or any kind of training that you have, you know, to get a program and to follow that program, you know, time management wise. Um, and that just, that transfers over for me and in, into my personal life as well. It's like, okay, here's my task or here's my plan. Let's just follow it, you know, bite the elephant piece by piece and you'll get it done, but it's just bringing that structure, you know, in general uh, to someone's life of like, okay, I have a break on this day. I have a run on this day. I have uh, to go swimming X amount of distance on this day. So, um, and people feel good when they can accomplish and check off these tasks on their program or their plan, um, especially when following the meal plan. It's like, oh, wow, I have, I've been in a nutritional deficit trying to do these things. And so now that I got an actual structured plan I feel healthy I, I can power through this I'm not feeling drained or I'm not you know you know hurting myself just to go swimming or running now your food is catering to what you're trying to do or your nutritional plan is catering to what you're trying to do and that's with anything so I think it helps people to formulate like oh wow I can put this into my regular life too um to bring myself a plan a routine and have some order in life So with that, how does the team communicate? Like if people are having challenges, is there a team email chain? Like how do you all communicate to keep the community tight as a tight knit or informed? We use Discord as a as a chat chat form is our, our main communication platform. Then we have like some team emails that go out. Um, and then for next season, well, we've integrated a uh, like a member platform uh, that was created from scratch uh, just because we couldn't find anything that could do what we wanted. So now we have a forum 
uh, that is pretty much um, can do everything uh, from race management to internal emails. Um, so we'll be using that against Discord. Um, and if any other teams are listening to this and they want to try it out, it's called Club Sum. And uh, you can you can sign up uh, and collect memberships and manage everything. So it's uh, it's a new tool out that is will be a huge benefit. And that's club C L U B S U M or S O M E. No S U M club sum. Club sum. All right, cool, innovative, disruptive, building to suit your needs. I love it. Speaking of race management, how do you select team races? Is that a group conversation? Like, does Drew say, hey, I want to do, I'm just saying North Carolina 70.3 because I'm doing this. Or do I want to do Kinetic, Lake Anna, or Delmo, X, Y, and Z? How do you guys select races, especially now since you're an international team? Yeah. So everybody will have their own race schedule. They'll have their own races that they do, but we'll have a short list of team featured races that the, the team will support. So historically there's always two travel races and then um, four to six uh, local races. So something that people can drive to um, or maybe it's a short flight. Um, and so what will happen is, well, we've done it different things or it could be a Google form or a thread in our discord or people just like all the races that they want to do in the year and then we'll collect them and then we'll vote. So we'll have a Google form and all right, vote on the international races and then the, the vote on the uh, local races and whatever races get the most vo votes um, wins. And that's how we pick um, some very democratic selection process i mean i would expect nothing less <laughs> i try to try to it's like the only way to be as fair as possible yeah so you have the voting process to select the team races whether it's international or local what are the benefits like do i know you you mentioned that you guys are reverting back to a club so taking a step back to a club versus the team and then the club aspect. So now it's just 100% club, but what does that entail in a club? What do people get as a part of being a member of a club? In terms of like, like a tan, tan like a tangible thing or. Yeah. I, I would say tangible. Like I know that I'm going to just say that the development team that you had, they got like probably dedicated race plans, et cetera. But now that you're at a club level, is it just a social club or do they also get plans, discounts, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, you get, uh, you know, team discounts and, you know, we're not taking away discounts. Um, you know, the, I think the biggest thing is like the the very intentional training. Right. So before you, it was like dedicated swim lessons and, you know, we had reserve lanes at um, various pools and, you know, um, dedicated bike rides and brick workouts and, and, and different things that were geared towards a build throughout the season. And some of that stuff um, will be going away um, with the club formation, just because it's, it's too much time and, and too many people and, and different 
um, levels of skill um, or distance, right? So, but the the normal club um, benefits, you know, still remain the same outside of the dedicated uh, in-person workouts. That's really the only thing that changed. And then there's like a, a general plan. So everything builds from the team. Like everything is typically centered around the featured A race of the season. So it's like maybe like one year it was like Maryland state championship. And I think it was like in rock hall and another year it was, um, what was the one in Virginia ref three ref three, um, race. So it's like a half in an Olympic. So we'll choose it. The, the, the training's typically geared towards whatever the team's a race is for the season. And that's would be like peak, race so somewhere probably june or july maybe even august depending on what the race is bringing my other friends back into the fold farron and drew i can't not have you on the show without giving a two second or two a two minute spill about your first race and then i would like for you to share the best part of being with a group and the importance of being in a group i'll go ahead and I, I told this story about my first race on, on my other uh, episode, but my first, my first race was, uh, I mean, I literally had no idea what I was doing. Somebody signed me up to do this. Um, I, I had a borrowed bike. I, uh, I swam, uh, I swam in basketball shorts, went to the locker room of the gym, changed clothes, like dried off, did a whole thing, came back out, got on the bike, you know, went back to the locker room changed again uh like that that was my first race first experience i mean it was incredible i mean like it it introduced me to the sport but um the difference in this team is uh, i'll point back to what i said earlier is just knowing that i shouldn't do this in basketball shorts um and that i shouldn't go to the locker room or you know like that like i mean i learned that there was a thing called a tri kit like one, one suit that you wore the whole race and that it was okay for you to get out of the pool and get on the bike while you were still wet. Like, to me, I was like, you're, you're crazy. Like, I'm not doing that. I got to dry off first. Like all these things like, no, you're going to be fine. And, and I think just that type of, that's just something that you, you soak in from the community and from the team. Uh, that's, that's it for me. That, you know, I want to say that's, institutional knowledge, right? That's knowledge that you wouldn't get. I just spoke to a beginner. Um, Her name is BOA. She's a first timer. We gave a scholarship to her uh, or race reimbursement because of fund her try for a demo sport, the women's Philadelphia triathlon. And she was just like, I I didn't know that I had to finish doing this wet. She was like, I thought I was like, I'm, I'm wet. So that's a real thing y'all. And you've heard it because that episode came out not too long ago. And for those of you who want to go back and listen, it's episode 80 that Drew gets to tell his full story. So that's episode 80. If you want to go hear Drew's full story. All right, Farron. So my first try was the Springfield uh, Sprint Triathlon. It was a pool swim, bike, and a 5K. Um, And I think for me, what was driving my motivation was, you know, like I said, I like to self-challenge, you know, do self-challenge challenges or whatever I'd already been kind of training already with the team somebody let me borrow their like it was a it was more like a cycling kit than a than a tri kit so I had on the shorts but when I was swimming I just had on like a little sports bra or whatever like it was real it was real 
real, real janky. But um, I think for me, it was a lot of us on the team. It was our very first try. So it was maybe like five or six of us. So we were already out there struggling together. And then um, my parents came to my first try. You know, the team might not know this, but my dad just beat cancer. So him being out there, like we were at the finish line, like just crying that shit out. Cause I was like, that means a lot to have not only my team support, but my parents out here, you know, their little signs holding it, you know, yay, district try, you know, and it's just that whole experience of just being surrounded by others that, you know, we want to see each other win. Um, we piecemeal it like, hey, you need this, like throwing things across, like, you know, here's a little tool or whatever you need, or here's a shirt or here's a kit, like. Like what Drew said, you don't you don't know what you don't know. Like I didn't know about kits. I didn't have a, I, I have a kit. They were like, yeah, wrong kit. That's a cycling kit. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, say less. So, but I got through it right with the help of my team and the spirit of the team. And so that really just um, it was absolutely one of the best races today. Yes, I've done a I've done an Ironman, but I think my first race is still going to always be um, my favorite race, just for having my parents all the first timers out there and everybody just cheering and pulling together to make sure we all had the resources we need to struggle through this together, but we all made it. So it was. Oh, that's beautiful. And congratulations to your dad. What a blessing that is to beat cancer, the disease that's attacked, that attacked his body. He overcame that. So shout out to your father and your first time. Come on. Now, Marcus, you guys might know his story because he, was on our first season. We did an IG live series. So I appreciate Marcus's support from year one, day one. Um, you can check that out. That's a replay that we did in the summer series. Uh, so just go way back to the first season in 2022. So Marcus, give us a refresher on you and your first time and just the importance of team club work. Man, <clears throat> seems like so long ago. It's uh, it was what my first try was almost ten years ago, so nine years ago. Um, it was the nation's triathlon, and I signed up for it um, because I was going into knee surgery. I was getting ready to have uh, my second knee surgery, and you know, my my surgeon was like, "Go pick something that you can get strong for. Go train for." And I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, saw, I was, I think I was on an event right and a uh, nation's triathlon popped up and I was like, all right, well, this seems fun. So I did it and uh, I was hooked. And, um, you know, all through the recovery process, I was just like, man, like this is something that I would love to do again. Um, and so my recovery is about a year, a year long. And I, I, everybody asked, I was like, no one knew what a triathlon was. And I was like, wow, like there's this thing, like nobody knows what it is. It's crazy. I was like, I, I don't want to do it by myself next time. Um, so I had a couple of friends that were, were down to clown uh, with the tri thing, but they didn't know how to swim. So throughout my recovery, I did a lot of swimming and, you know, I had a group of friends that, that joined me and then more and more people started joining. And that was kind of like the first, uh group of what would become district triathlon and then uh I, I guess six months into it we had we probably had like 60 people come into tacoma 
aquatic center trying to learn how to swim and, and just mess around and have some fun after work in the water. And we're like, all right, well, we got a thing. Let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, call it something. And we ended up picking Hagerstown Triathlon. That would be my first race um, once I was able to actually like run and, and, and do. Um, and that was the start of this whole triathlon journey. Um, was in Hagerstown, Maryland. And importance of a team. They got they got me through it. I mean, I honestly wouldn't have been able to, to recover. It was a really hard recovery, a lot of tears, you know, a lot of pain. Um, you know, the doctor's like, you're probably never going to run again. And uh, just wasn't willing to accept that. Um, so I went, you know, a little, little overboard with training and personal training. I think I ended up putting like maybe another 50, 60 pounds of muscle. I just looked like a meathead. And so like the rest of the time I was trying to figure out how to slim down and, and, you know, the people around me really kept me, kept me grounded and, you know, without them, um, you know, things would, things would definitely be different. I don't know how, but they would be different. I love so, it. Community. We did it. We all, we did it together. And a lot of those people are still around. Does grit stand for anything? Who's going to say it? Who's going to say it? <laughs> uh, grit stands for grinding relentlessly improves talent. Grindingly relentlessly improves talent. Sort of. Yeah. Grinding relentlessly improves talent. There you go. Oh, grinding relentlessly improves talent. Okay, yep. grinding relentlessly improves talent. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Rapid fire questions. This or that? Club or team? Do you prefer a club team. or a team? Okay, team for you, Drew. Team. Team. We want team. <laughs> I don't know. You could have said a club. Club sandwich up with a team. <laughs> oh my god. I'm hungry. Angry. All right. Um. Cheering with signs or with cowbells only? Signs. I like signs. Cowbells. Marcus? I said I said cowbells. Oh, I didn't hear you. No. Yeah, cowbells. Okay. All right. Volunteering. Do you prefer aid stations or being a stripper? Like a wetsuit stripper. <laughs> Stripper. <laughs> no. Oh, but how much money are we talking? Um <laughs> I ain't trying to be responsible with people's wits. So I'm gonna be on a yeah, aid station. Yeah, yeah, too much responsibility. Aid yeah, station. I'm, I'm not ripping anybody's suit. Aid station. And I'm pr I'm probably eating some of those oranges and apples and stuff like bananas while I'm at it. Yeah. Snacks. Yeah. There's snacks at aid station, so yeah. Okay. So since you like the aid station. What would a grit aid station vibe consist of? Music. Oh yeah, music, cowbell, speaker, megaphone, signs, champagne. Oh, the um, confetti poppers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. People like the confetti confetti poppers. Okay, and we don't let anyone leave the show without this question. but I'm switching it up for the team's sake. Do you 
pee on the bike or get off and take a proper pee break or pee in wetsuit only or all of the above? All the above. I'm peeing on everything. <laughs> wetsuit. <laughs> I, I, I will pee on everything, but I've never peed in anywhere but the wetsuit. Yeah. Okay. I got so comfortable peeing on a bike. It's not even funny. I mean, do you handle other business on the bike since you're so comfortable peeing? Because, I mean... <laughs> it was a challenge. Like, I, I had to practice. You know, I, I did go to Haynes Point to practice peeing on a bike. Not my product. It's hard. It's but hard. I, had, you... I knew I had... I had to be de- really deliberate. Like, I knew I had to pee in the water, and I was like, if I just can't do it. I had to, like, force myself. It's not just, like, a natural thing, I think. Not so there's a technique. There's a technique to it. So can you tell us a technique? <laughs> so you slightly stand up like you're about to pedal dance, but then you kind of like do that thing back. Yeah, like <laughs> get ready, and then you you gotta like coast a little bit, and then relax, and then it happens. It's magical. But will say unless unless you're an evil person, do not do it on a downhill. Because whoever's behind you is going to get all of it. Well, with that said, thank you. <laughs> Anytime. You know, there is somebody who needed to understand what it needed to take, what it takes to pee on the bike. Because that's important. Depending on, you, you might not need it at a sprint race or an Olympic, but you might need it at a middle distance or a long course. So there's techniques and there's always a first time for everything. And so we just appreciate Team Grit as our first team of many to come on the podcast uh, this season. And so I'm just really grateful. I think it's so important um, for community. And to just get plugged in, we don't have to do life alone, period. And no matter what you can contribute be honest with yourself, be honest with the people who you're on the team with, whatever you're going through, you know, groups can help you get through like Marcus, you know, helped him recover. Well, it helped him recover well, or it can help you get through grief, or it can just help you be better because you're challenged with people who are going to push you to the next level. So teamwork definitely makes the green teamwork definitely makes the dream work but only when you grind relentlessly improving talent that's great that's great usa you can check them out on all the social medias and you want to give your social media handle yeah it's at grit.usa on ig we have a facebook i think it's just grit usa don't really use it um (laughs) <laughs> and then you can find us on uh on the web on the line at uh www.gritusa.club not dot com. Hey, because they are club now. <laughs> but they don't have a dot team, so I know, I know. I was just making a joke. But all right, so whenever you try beginners luck, you always win. Get out there, find a club, search for somebody so that or team somebody friends so that you don't have to try it alone that's it for us we're out peace
Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.